not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny An incredible turn of events over the bank holiday weekend means we've reconvened for an emergency pod where two-thirds of the podcast are abroad, one with work, one on a leisurely holiday. I feel like I'm the host of Eurovision, so for now I will call in Lisbon. Lisbon, are you there? Lisbon, reading loud and clear. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Doesn't sound like it. And Barcelona, call in Barcelona. Are you there? Yeah, Barcelona here. Um, May I say you look lovely this evening, Ben? (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, he went full Eurovision there in Walthamstow. Yeah, calling Walthamstow. Um, ben Price in Lisbon, Liz Ben. Uh, Tom Phillips in Barcelona once again. Uh, Tom is working. Ben's on a leisurely trip. Um, if Ben's microphone sounds funny, that's because he's on holiday and he didn't expect to be doing an emergency podcast on the first day of his holiday. Um, so... I guess the starting point, we all know why we're here. We'll get to that in a minute. But the starting point should be Huddersfield yesterday, Ben. We'll spend two seconds on this before moving on to the big news. We lost. Should Callum Robinson be banned from taking penalties? Yes, because that was a shocker. Have you ever seen a no-look penalty before? No, and I don't want to see it again. I don't see. I don't. still don't know what he was trying to do, who he was trying to put off apart from himself. I watched the EFL highlights and I think it was Sam Parking said, Tom, that he, if anything, he disguised it too well. Um, I'm not quite sure what he means by that, but I can understand the kind of sentiment there that he probably did so much that it, it undisguised the penalty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, I get what he means. Like it's obvious that he's not going the way that he's, he's looking too much at one side, not yeah. the other. And I think he has just completely spooked himself, which is quite impressive. Impressive, really, because it's one of those penalties that the more I watch it, the worse it looks. It's yeah, like, it's dreadful, absolutely terrible. I'm trying to find it's weak. Like... It's too close to the center. It's the perfect height. It's everything that's wrong with penalties. <laughs> yeah, it is the <laughs> worst penalty I've seen in a long, long time, including those like shitty Penenka ones. Because even though those you know what they're trying to do with this, I have no idea what he's trying to do. And yeah, it's um, absolutely woeful. Fair play to him. Um, Ben, we lost one nil. Um, we we all know what happened next, but we stuck to our guns, right? We we were possession based, sixty seven percent of the possession. We passed the ball around almost three times as many passes as Huddersfield made. We didn't create that many chances, but we you know we we stuck to the ethos that Morrison has wanted to put forward. Um, are we surprised by what happened today? Yeah, um, it was the first big drop off. I said on Twitter about it. It was the first big drop off of Pumas where I thought the players didn't look like they were buying into it. The confidence wasn't there and it just didn't work. It was a really, really poor performance. And I was getting a bit concerned then, but I did not expect to be literally just got to the pool, bags down. I'll have a look on Twitter, see what's going on. And then your notification popped up on WhatsApp saying we've sacked Morrison. I was like, what? Mm. Thinking maybe like we just released Sean Morrison or something. No. So I thought Bristol Security would be the biggest stress of my life today. No, it's Cardiff City once again. Yeah, so for anyone who's living under a rock, if you're a Cardiff City fan, I'm pretty sure you know the news, but Steve Morrison was relieved of his duties uh, by the Cardiff City board today. That's what the statement said, Tom. Um, it's come barely barely a year in charge, uh, barely four months after we gave him the summer to rebuild the squad with a contract and you know 17 players that we allowed him to sign. 
about 16 days after the transfer window closed, and we splurged about to 1.7 million on Callum Robinson. The final piece in the puzzle, Steve Morrison, unceremoniously sacked. Uh, the first question I have, Tom, is what the fuck? It does seem absolute madness. If it's a football decision alone, and I assume it is for now, it, it's madness. You you know, you've, you've backed him in the market. You know, we didn't think we'd have anything to spend. I know we haven't spent a lot, but there's still been money there. We've built a squad from absolutely nothing. We're completely overhauling the way we play. We're trying to blood players in. So all we're looking for is a little bit of consistency. You know, we're going into the international break now, a bit of time to kind of work with these players. And he's gone. And it's just madness. Like, like when people have gone prematurely in the past, there's always been little factions calling for the manager to go yeah. out. But there's been pretty much nothing. Like... Apart from him coming across as a bit of a tool every now and again, I think footballing-wise, people were starting to buy into it, a little bit of impatience every now and again. But on the face of it, it seems like an absolutely bonkers decision footballing-wise. Um, ben, to Tom's point there, I, I always feel like the club responds quite late to these things. So when we sacked Harris, it probably gained two or three games too late. It felt like the writing had been on the wall for ages. When we sacked McCarthy, we'd managed to go 10 games without a win. And only on the 10th game did we decide that that was the time to sack him. With this one, it feels like the complete opposite, as Tom said. There has been a few murmurs of discontent, but I've still not seen anyone really say Morrison needs to be sacked. We've talked about how long do you give him and how long do you allow the manager to kind of get the results he's looking for. But it really has come out of the blue, hasn't it? Like I wrote, did you see it coming? I mean, anyone who could have seen this coming should tell us the lottery numbers now. Yeah, I just I don't understand what's going on. It makes me think there's more to it than we know. I think even for Cardiff, this is knee jerk. We're not exactly like you said. We're not exactly known for being the fastest at responding to problems with the board. One mm-hmm. bad performance, we haven't even. It's not like we're in the relegation zone. It doesn't look like things are nose diving horrifically. So yeah, I think there's more to it that hasn't come out yet than sort of even as much as the club have tried to push, saying it was a case of tan trying to correct things before things went too wrong. I'm not buying that for a second. It doesn't just seem like we'd react that way straight away from one bad performance. No, and I think that there's there's various rumours on Twitter. We've had some people tweet us and say that he was always going to get sacked after the next bad result. That's mental. I don't think that anyone could predict that there's people saying that there's rumors of discontent in the dressing room there's you know we, we've seen it before with his treatment of the younger players tom um but on the surface when you look at how he was backed in the summer this feels like thomas tuchel at chelsea doesn't it backed back to manager in the summer gave him you know the chance to rebuild a squad in his mold in line with the football club philosophy and nine ten games into the season not even a third of the way through the season we've we've sacked him it just feels mad on the surface it seems so knee-jerk. I think I was trying to piece it together, like trying to put a case kind of forward of how you could kind of see it. I suppose there has been a build-up of discontent despite things going quite well. You know, we've like you said there, he's thrown youngsters under the bus. You know, he's come out looking exasperated in press conferences. He's already started to piss off the media. I think the the early days of him fist pumping to the fans have long disappeared. Now he's his, his approach has been to disappear down the tunnel yeah. as quick as possible. The same stuff we were slagging Mick McCarthy out for. That's so true. I think I think they are kind of it, things didn't seem rosy, but I, I there's no way I saw this coming. You know, I, I possibly around Christmas time after Christmas, 
around, like perhaps you can see a few cracks appearing, but this seems absolutely bonkers. Like, we're just crying out for a bit of continuity. I think it was friend of the pod, Ryan, um, who said about Perry NG has seen four managers yeah. since signing, which is absolutely mad. Like, it's just, look, we, we, we know we're a basket case of a club, but I didn't, when I saw it on Twitter, I thought it was one of those fake accounts that spelt their name Cardiff City with a one in it and I tried to fool people with, with like a fake manager sack. But I think, but I think, it's... I even think that wouldn't have caught people out because it, you know, like when we sacked McCarthy, their accounts doing that, and it was like, well, yeah, of course people are going to believe it because they wanted him out for six games now. With this, it just feels completely out of the blue. You know, fans are, are traveling in their droves. Fans are getting behind it. It's you know, Ben, we talked about it. It's a rebuild, and it kind of, to me, it kind of begs the question. And we'll come on to what happens next. We'll talk about the reasons in a minute. But like, what is the point of a football club? You know, we we made a big song and dance this summer of talking about changing the club, changing the philosophies, and even the statement that was put out today says that Morrison has helped rebuild the club in line with these new club philosophies. We knew it was going to be a rocky road this 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 season. We knew it wasn't going to be a win every week. We knew it wasn't going to be plain sailing. So it begs the question, like, what's the point in doing all that work in the summer if we're just going to throw it all away within 10 games of the season starting? I don't think it's 10 games, really, is it? You look at it, I'd say he's had two games with this squad. Robinson was sort of pitched, like pitched as the final piece in the puzzle. Yeah. He's had two games with him and suddenly he's gone. It, it's really, really strange. Like, even for us, this is a new one. You can't, it's not like the windows, it's like being long after the window and nothing's clicked. He's had two games. One of those games with the best 45 minutes under his reign and three halves of poor, poor performances. It's not like it's two games on the banks of like really bad games. Like the first half against Spurs, we were superb. Let's not forget that. And to go from that to getting rid of the manager, it's really, it's just mentally for us. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a really strange position to to find ourselves back in, Tom. Obviously, you know, I think this is the third or fourth emergency podcast we've done in these in these situations. Obviously, Harris, um, Warnock, McCarthy, um, all being sacked. But it's it's a, it's a strange thing to think that we're back in the situation again after a, a summer that promised so much stability. Yeah, like it was one of the few times where the fans have been united, and I think this is going to put an you know like attention on the boards that hasn't been there. We like the fans had simmered down a little bit about, you know, calling for Dalman's head. But it's gonna come straight back. That's reignited. This is reignited it. Hundred percent. Like you're looking on Twitter already and people are fuming about it. And it, you know, it, it instantly deflects away from what's going on, on the pitch to the upper echelons of the club again. So that that for me is why it does stink of something behind happening behind closed doors because they're not going to want the attention back on them again. They've just about cooled it down. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what comes out in the next few weeks. Because as we know, Morrow is not the type of bloke who goes quietly. You not know, shrinking I think, violet, is he? Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if he logged into the Zoom call somehow. Now managed to get the details. <laughs> and you know what he's like with some of the Twitter accounts. So I, I'd be really interested to see what he has to say over the next few weeks. I'd probably welcome him to join this call. Like, it'd be a laugh, wouldn't it? It would yeah. be interesting. But um, it's not like the club... <laughs> The club are in a no-win situation and they're not going to help themselves because coming out of this now, I think the fans deserve some clear communication, some some explanation of what's gone on. And that is not the club's strong point, is it? It's not that the club are good at talking and communicating with the fans and sort of giving a clear explanation of what's going on. It's going to be rumour and innuendo for the next 
six weeks and something might break slowly but i don't think we're ever really going to know the true ins and outs of what's going on and the reasons behind it and it's just going to put more pressure on the board that could do without it and again highlights that morrison there's issues with morrison clearly but there's still issues with that board let's talk about the potential reasons behind it i think there's been the fallout we've seen so far is a few players, uh, Keeper and Tanner, liking tweets around the club being a shambles and around decision being a shambles. There's a few suggestions on Twitter that perhaps Morrison has made a rod for his own back. You know, his he, we've talked about it on the pod, Tom. Um, every time that he has an argument with a journalist, every time that he says something, def- you know, um, said something inflammatory uh, in public, that's going to create a kind of uh, bad feeling behind the scenes, right? It, is that more likely, in your opinion, the reasons for this? Do you think he's just upset the wrong person one too many times? Yeah, that's that's what it seems to be, right? I think it's all right being a dickhead if you're in first, but when you're a dickhead and you're 18th, I think you know you're gonna the board are gonna lose patience with you if you're causing a stink behind closed doors, if you're rubbing up everyone around you the wrong way in the club, and we'll find out if that's true over the next few months. You know, then you're gonna be on borrowed time. Like I, looking back through our results since he's joined, mind like we've had some absolute hammerings of teams, but yeah. we haven't handed any out. Um, games that we've won, we've won with the odd goal here and there. This season, we've got three wins. Two of those have come against teams at the top end of the league that they were surprise wins, and we've been struggling against teams who are in and around us. So perhaps the board are looking at it, thinking, look, if this carries on, we're in some serious trouble because. Yes, we've we've trans we've gone from playing completely turgid football to passing in triangles a lot. And to be honest with you, in a lot of games, we haven't really created much. And I think as as a, like a board, you're looking at that thinking perhaps we do just nip it in the bud now, get rid of him, and bring someone else in. Like there is a few reasons why you can see where they got rid of them footballing wise, but it does scream of a tantrum somewhere, or you know, it I, it, it seems a mad mad decision. Well, to, to your point there, I think that there is some uh, there's some logic in that, right? We're a team that we've we've changed everything about the way we play. We, we're a passing team now. We're a possession based team, but the shackles haven't been fully released because we look terrified in front of goal, right? And I think you know we, we're still not perhaps performing at the, the 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 heights that we should be performing, and that could be because it's a new team because Morrison is installing a new system. But Ben, do you, you know. <laughs> Uh, the, the simple fact is we know that Tan, and this could be whimsical, this could be just reading into the situation, Tan has always been focused on scoring goals and uh, the shots that the team are taking. Could that be a potential reason? This is a reach, but we've got to talk about everything on this pod because it's uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of listeners to this because we always get a bump when something bad happens. Yeah, that was the one good thing um, <laughs> as far as we're concerned. Look, Sean's <laughs> lost his job, but we're going to see a nice little reach in numbers. So. Welcome new listeners. Um, no, I just, yeah, I think Tom's more on the money than anything. I don't think it's a case of Tan watching it and going, looking at the stats, because stats show we've had 22 shots in a couple of games. Yeah, yeah. just nothing shots. Um, I think it is just, yeah, for me, it just screams. You can, you can deal with things not going perfectly if the person's a nice person and you're getting on with them, there's not issues. If there's issues, if there's, discontent if there's a problem person which this sort of we don't know this is purely speculation but the fact that it's only him that's gone when Tom Ramsat is 
sort of his number two and sort of being side by side with him throughout everything. It screams this is a personal issue more than any other sort of factor with it. Um, but I, I don't think it's a case of Tan looking at it and going, Joe Rawls isn't scoring enough. It's just one of those. It's just, yeah, a collection of things that I've built up, I think. Yeah, and I think um, you know, let, let's move on to thinking about what happened next. We'll, we'll go, we'll go via the magical world of Twitter. Um, obviously, Twitter's been awash today with all manner of reactions. But obviously, we we, we said we were going to record a pod, and we've had a few replies to that tweet. Um, we'll start with friend of the pod, uh, Ryan. He says we need to hear from the board asap. Ty Jordan, our friend from abroad, stunned, stunned. Should have been given more time. Clearly, the club never watched Ted Lasso. Uh, <laughs> Rodri, actually in disbelief, probably echoing a lot of people. But we need answers from the board. Hudson in full time for me gets the club derby days and won't upset the media. Hopefully Rolls or Sean Morrison will write a book about their time at Cardiff. Would be an interesting read. Uh, Edward Tobin. This would be a pop- hell of a ghostwriter to make Joe Rolls interesting. <laughs> oh come on, mate. That's a bit mean. Sorry. He's a really yeah, sound Joey guy. Ed. He's a lovely bloke, but he's not the most charismatic, is he? That's Bridges Burn for future pods. Yeah, no, he follows us on Twitter, Ben. He might hear this. Genuinely, out of all the players, he he's the one who's listen, most likely yeah. who might listen to this. And you just, he's, I've interviewed him. He's really sound. He's really nice. I know, I know he's a really, really nice guy. Every sort of interaction I'll I've mute had you. lovely, but. <laughs> <laughs> Gone on holiday and you think you're all that. Edward Tobin, this will be quite unpopular, but I'm quite glad. Despite cosmetically changing our style, there's been little progress in terms of performance and results. Coupled with his spiky character, he's been a hard guy to warm to. Was a risky choice initially. Blame again lies with the board. Tom, I think that's a fair point, isn't it? We've had a few tweets over the last few weeks saying that the team, the management are quite hard to warm to, bar Hudson, because obviously Hudson is, is, is already a kind of legend. And again, that speaks to the fact that they're, he hasn't built up that good credit enough good credit with people for him to be able to be a bit of an arsehole and then us not turn on him. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of these decisions that, like with a bit of revisionism, we're going to look back at it as the right decision. I've just got a feeling that... Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, like I, I, I was just looking through the record now. I think since he's joined, there's been 45 games. We've only beaten a team by more than one goal twice. Yeah, like we've. I think it was. I think Coventry and Pete Bre- That was at a glance, so it might be slightly wrong. But I think there was a two nil. Has he had forty five games? Yeah, I think so. So one off a season. I didn't realize he had that many because he had a big wedge towards the end. Unless I've just completely. Yeah, I think it says here forty five matches in total, sixteen won, twenty one lost with eight draws. So he's been here because of that kind of the almost like the free reign he had towards the end of last season in post Mick era. We had a bit of a free run, didn't he? And then this season now we we're only, we're only ten games, so no, whatever it is, like, that takes in friendlies as well. At forty-five, mind, I just realised. Oh, we were like, great against Swindon in pre-season. Oh, I tell you what, based on pre-season, we were going to win the league, weren't we? So yeah, but like yeah, so probably out of like what thirty something, get thirty-eight games or something like that, we've only we've only beaten a team comfortably twice. And I haven't been in a game this year where I've sat there and gone, oh, we're comfortably, we're going to walk this. Even the Birmingham game, which is probably our most complete performance of the season we still only ended up winning film off so yeah i i'm trying to convince myself this is a good decision by the board but i'm not convinced yet but i think like i said i think it's when we look back on and it'll make sense and make more sense in about six months time you might convince it's like a swinging doors moment doesn't it yeah 100 swinging doors sliding doors he's been up since four he has traveled 
a few thousand miles to go on holiday, whatever, however far Lisbon is. So I will give you, I just, yeah, a swing doors moment. I quite like that. Swing <laughs> um, doors, I, I don't know. <laughs> back to the tweet. Scott Bryan, I can only think that something has been going on in the background that we don't know about. Stunned otherwise, all his signings, his style, backing him publicly last season, then this. Uh, friend of the pod, Paul Grono, baffling beyond belief, will only make sense if the next appointment is a clear improvement and is willing to continue to implement the new style we've developed. Uh, Tumshon Kati, it just seems short-sighted, short-termism. Managers should be given time, especially after such a big restructure, working within tight financial limits. Paul Walsh, for me, I was thinking when all this comes together, we would be struggling to hold on to SM and we sack him. The only thing I can think of is something must have happened that we will never get to hear about. I'm unhappy with the sacking, but I hope we have a quality replacement. Quidion Edwards, I thought you should have had at least until Christmas. Very harsh, in my opinion. Scott Parker, maybe. I don't know who else is out there. I think this is a sign that the board needs to get footballing people on board. Tom, Scott Parker? Not a chance. Good. Um... We'll move on to replacing <laughs> shortly. Scott Salter, completely flawed by our friend in the pod. Scott Salter, should I say. Completely flawed by this decision. SM wasn't perfect, but you'd think he would get time after being given the trust to completely reshape the squad. Speaks of clowns at board level, to be fair. Until change happens, they will be stuck in this cycle. Also, who is going to want to come here now after seeing a young manager try to reshape the club identity and philosophy get sacked after 10 games? Lee Sanders, this has to be a row behind the scenes, right? Surely this isn't just results-based. Gonzo McKenzie, club really need to explain this. Have they been lining up a replacement in advance? Did they really believe the HMS pissed the league memes? Uh, Mike, we ended the last season very poor. We started poor. Don't think you need to be doing too much wrong behind closed doors to get the sack. No plan B and his plan A was not working. Little than I expected, but not an awful decision. James Roberts, I'll be honest, flawed with that announcement. Can't help but feel it's a snap decision from yesterday. Suppose they must think they can use the international break to freshen it up. King K, Craig Bellamy's Barmy Army. Frisbee, they were going to have to sack him after the derby anyway. Uh, Luca Tovin, tan out if he thinks that the one time the manager's back, we must top of the league. Horrendous decision by the board. Stephen Lord, uh, Stephen Lloyd, sorry, Bielsa or Dyche, get a big name manager in now, or we're going to be in a relegation battle all season. K49745, this is based purely off results and nothing behind the scenes. It's diabolical. The same board that let Mick lose eight on the bounce without scoring while playing five centre halves. Ian Ballinger, so much for a long term plan. Ellis Heard, I mean, utter disbelief. I mean, who on earth are we going to get now? I mean, a lot of these tweets are along the same lines. Peter L. Davey, can't believe it. Must have lost um, lost the, a few in the dressing room. Lex Lewis, even by football's balmy standards, this news has really surprised me. I can't see any logic to sacking Morrison now. It's a project. He's just spent £1.5 million on the striker. Uh, a bluebird legend has something gone on behind the scenes does the club take on board and take too much notice of certain forums online apart from bristol away i've really enjoyed the transition process and games really disappointed with this decision owen jones is colwell's mum our chairman only positive i can see is if he starts games uh, i'll return to some of these shortly but i think ben the next thing we need to discuss is effectively what happens next um we've already talked about what the club need to do and from my perspective the club needs to be honest with the fans now. I think, you know, the club has never been very good. The board, sorry, I should say, has never been very good at currying favour with the fans, has never been very good at building a rapport with the fans. It felt like Morrison, for all his faults, for whatever you say about his press conference and press um, and demeanour with the press, was starting to get the fans on board. I'd say 99% of the fans were on his side going into the season. And now the club have gotten rid of him without any kind of explanation at the moment. Is the best way to repair trust for the club to be completely honest with us as fans and explain their reasoning in public? Yeah, 100% is. It's the right way to go. Treat fans with a bit of respect. But I don't think they're going to do it. It's just not in their nature, is it? I don't think 
part of the issue we've got with them is I don't think they respect the fans enough to do it, do the right thing with this. Yeah, it does feel, I mean, it does feel like they think they can just give us that, that kind of piss poor statement, Tom, and we'll just go away and be like, oh, okay, they sacked the manager. What comes next? Yeah, I I can't see them being too transparent unless Dalman gets 30 minutes on TalkSport again or something. Like, it's podcast nation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Perhaps they will this time because, like you said, in the past they haven't acted quickly on stuff like this. You know, they, it, it's, it screams he's done something to breach his contract because they're not going to want to pay someone off. Unless they really have to, like obviously mm-hmm. I, I don't know the ins and outs of a contract. I'm not sure how it all works and stuff. But perhaps this might be a bit, an exception to the rule. Perhaps they will be a little bit more transparent. Perhaps I'm being a bit naive, but I think if, if there's enough furore from the fans that we're blaming the board, perhaps they will come out and try and cover themselves because they're not going to want the negative attention again. Then, if there is something that's happened, um, alleged, you know, anything along the lines that involves a, a kind of breach of contract or a dispute that comes along the way, there's less onus on them, to be honest, isn't there? Because they can hide behind a legal case. Yeah, it's giving them an out, isn't it? They can't talk about it. It's a private matter, blah, blah, blah. All of that, it does give them an out and they'll definitely use it. They're not ones to... They love an out. The hard road. They do. They love an easy sort of cop-out, don't they? And um, yeah, that will give them it. I think... To be honest, I think it's too it's too quick. Is it too quick of a thing? Has there been something going on in the background? That's sort of why the performances have dropped off. Who knows? But I think if it's a breach of contract and something like that, it's been too quick of a thing. It, there's normally a bit of an investigation time, unless it's blatant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just it's it. You know, I, I, we've talked about you know talked about it, it. It could be you know with with that sliding doors moment, with that revisionism, we could see it as a good decision. Performances haven't been that great recently. He's had he's had a year in the role, and we haven't seen that vast improvement, Tom. But it it, it still just feels so out the blue. I mean, what do you see happening next? We'll talk about the potential managers um, that that are available. We you know we, there's plenty on the sky bet list that will kind of raise eyebrows or whatnot. Um, how do you see this unfolding? You know, the last couple of times we've sacked a manager, we've just returned to that short-termism point of view. That that can't check, that can't happen this time, can it? That's the worry, isn't it? We kind of try and be progressive, go back to dinosaur, try and be progressive, go back to dinosaur. And we've just done progressive, so who the hell's going to come in this time? The one thing, though, I can't see us spending money on bringing you know, yeah. a big name in. I, I, I know we, we'll get on to the candidates and stuff, but... This is seems so out of the blue. I can't. I can't imagine we've got anyone lined up. You know, there's, yeah. there's no way we've got someone lined up. So wh- whatever happens, we're going to have a caretaker in charge for a while anyway. Perhaps we will have the same situation as we have with Morrison. You know, we had him there. Um, you know, in charge for a bit to tie. You know, to tie us over. Um, so perhaps it inevitably feels like Hudson's going to be in charge for a good few games, even with the international break in between. But I think we're going to have a a silly few weeks with loads of names banded about from nowhere. But to be honest with you, I can't imagine us poaching a manager from another club anyway. Let's look at that list. Um, the, the, the Skybet have got a list together for a next permanent manager. Um, I think this is the top 10, basically. Um, so from 16 to 1 and up, we've got Lee Bowyer, Dean Holden, Anthony Barry, Tony Pulis, Sean Dyche, Neil Warnock, Sol Bamber, Bellamy, Hudson, Jones. Jones is the favourite on four to one. Uh, Hudson five to one. Bellamy on ten to one. Um, ben, out of that list, 
I mean, how many of those names are realistic? You've got Dean Holden, who's, I think he's vying for the Dundee United job at the moment. He just left Stoke. Anthony Barry, who's a coach, I think, at Chelsea. And then you've got a lot of free agents. But Nathan Jones isn't realistic, is he, at the top? No, are you going to leave a club that's well run? You've got a lot of sort of respect to the fans. You've got a good relationship with the board to come to a club that's in free fall and sort of got all these issues. On top of that, I don't think the club the club would be able to agree a compensation package for Luton to buy him out of his contract. He's got a five-year deal just seems like it's, running until 2027, apparently. Yeah. So. It's not happening then. The club aren't going to pay him out of his contract to get get him on board. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to happen. Um, at further down the list, then you look at Bellamy. Why would he leave the project he's got at Burnley that's going well with company, somebody respects, seemingly having a good relationship with the board there as well. They're going well towards the top of the league. He's not going to come near to come to Cardiff, even if it's close to it. It's the list, the list gets very narrow purely because of the board and the issues within the club. It sort of narrows down a already short market to a very, very short market. Tom, that list, um, are there any names that you like on that list? Any names that jump out to you as someone you think will do well here? No, but not really. I think it's one of the most kind of sparse kind of... Demoralising. Yeah, there just doesn't seem to be anyone out there at the moment, really. Like, not not anyone that we can lure in. I think the obvious choice seems like Hudson. Like we, we had him on the phone. He's got ambitions to be a first-team coach. He'll definitely be putting his hand up. There's no doubt. Um, he'll be knocking on the door and asking, you know, give me a shot. I have, I have no doubt about that at all. So, I I just can't I can't see anyone coming in from elsewhere. Did, did you say Jones's favourite as well at four to one? Nathan Jones's favourite at four to one. Hudson's that, that, five to one. Then you've got Bellamy and uh, Bamber on ten. I think Hudson's a good money at five to one because the fact that there's no one shorter than that at the moment shows that nobody's got a clue. There's nobody lined up, and if the favourite is. If people haven't looked into that. We're a skint club. We're not going to be offering, in my eyes, like you said, someone who's on a five-year contract with Luton, a compensation package to come to us. I know he's a Cardiff fan, but he, he knows... It only goes so far. He's he's, yeah. he's he's loved and idolised up there. Yeah, he's got the rest of his career ahead of him. We could ruin that very, very quickly. <laughs> I suppose the one thing... And he's got, already had that with Stoke, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. And I think the one thing you could just go, if it goes wrong, basket case club. I just blame the club. It wasn't my fault. But like you said, he's already had that with Stoke. So he's lost a little, little bit of grace already. So it screams Hudson to me. Like, I, I just can't see past that. Because there's no way Bellamy's going to come after the, you know, the bullying allegations and stuff like that. He's got a good thing going on at Burnley. There's, there's no way there's no way he's coming here. Then we've seen, you know, I think when we appointed Morrison, or was it ha- um McCarthy. We were linked with people like Michael Beale, who's now at QPR. Um, there's a name on that list, Anthony Barry. Um, he is currently first team coach at Chelsea, first team coach within the Belgian setup. He's been linked. His his career wasn't the most auspicious. It took him to Coventry, Accrington, Wrexham, Forest Green. Um, would it would it be a complete change in direction to go for someone like him and try and give him his first managerial role? QPR seem to be getting some success with it at the moment. Um, it's happened to other clubs that coaches become quite good managers. Would you like us to see something like that? Uh, I want us to take time and think about who we're getting and not rush it and sort of end up in this position again. Um, the thing we haven't really discussed is I don't think Morrison was the board's choice. I think they felt pressured into it from the fans' response and sort of the good vibes that was around Morrison at the time. Um, 
again, they can't be swayed by that. They need to be stronger and sort of make sure that they know what they're getting into with that. So look, if they interview and they see him as the right man, we've got, I say we've got to trust them. I don't trust them, but yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, but he's as good as any, because no one's jumping out back, making me scream, I want them, I want them. Like you go through the list, there's people down here like Duncan Ferguson and Michael Carrick who are like really left field choices. But I'm like, even they wouldn't hear it. Like it's all options. But Duncan no Ferguson sort of would sweet. hurt. Duncan Ferguson would hurt. I'd hurt everyone actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd batter us. Um Tom, I, I took the liberty of reading the Football League paper and taking a little look down the leaks. Um, because that's you know, I, I tried, I tried to be prepared for this podcast. Um, is there anyone in the Football League that kind of catches your eye? Obviously, in League One at the moment, it's it's a kind of really interesting top half of the table. Ipswich are, are running away with it at the moment. I think they're um, they haven't lost all season. They've got Kieran McKenna, another first team coach to manager, MK Dons with Leon Manning. Lincoln, our old friend Mark Kennedy, is doing a, a splendid job there. Won 6 3 yesterday. The Cowleys at Portsmouth have turned it around and got them on the verges of things. Plymouth under Schumacher. Should we be looking at League One? I, I appreciate we don't want to be spending big on compensation, but you know, catch the eye of someone like Stephen Schumacher, and it could be uh, it could be easier than perhaps hiring somebody else. I still think that's too much money in League One. God's sake! Like, but uh, th- that's what it feels like at the moment. It really does. Like, let's see who's in all... League Two then. We're, yeah, like we've already Richie panicked. Wellens, Leighton Orient. <laughs> we've already panicked and spent our money on Salomon. You're just going to read the paper now. Like, Steve Evans at Stevenage? Oh, please. No, I honestly don't think I go to that's the game. Third. That's, that's fourth in the table, mate. I don't give a really fuck. Well. I hate Steve Evans. Mark no Hughes, Bradford. Yeah, go on. Guess, guess Mark. Yeah. Young no. upstart Nigel Clough at Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think Schumacher's the one. That he's the one he, I really like. Uh, he's the one that. Shout out to Aaron Hocking, the Plymouth fan who does listen to our podcast. Yeah, because, well. Is he in pole position? Oh, oh very good. <laughs> but like I, I just can't imagine us coaxing someone from someone um someone from a club like it was already in a job. It just doesn't make sense in our kind of financial situation at the moment. I I just yeah, I'd like to see it happen, a young manager who's doing well somewhere, but I'm feeling very pessimistic about it all at the moment. I I just I just really, really can't see it happening. I think, especially as well, if you're someone like Schumacher, who's, he, he, I think he was potentially assistant under Ryan Lowe. I, I can't remember how he got in the job. Um, but he's 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 onto a really good thing there at, um, at Plymouth. The board are backing him. He's, you know, he could be seen as an idol by the time he finishes his, um, you know, his stint there. Um, why would he leave to come to us, Ben, when we've just shown what happens to young managers here? We don't give them time and patience. We Even when we back them, we don't give them time to see their plans through. Um why would you not just stay at Plymouth who are on the up rather than coming to us who at this moment seem to be on the down? Well, the only real reason is money and we don't have that is that it's not a case of like we can really, it's worrying that we can't really blow Plymouth out of the water with sort of salaries. He'd probably get a pay rise from making the jump up, but it's not like it'd be a huge amount to sort of make you jump at the chance straight away. Um, yeah, I don't see a reason why when you're sat, what, third in the league? Two points off the play, uh, two points off the automatics. I yeah, if I'm a smart man, I wouldn't be doing that right now. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll take you back to Twitter and then I'll round off with the, the final question of the pods. G's world beginning to feel like we're trying to emulate Watford. Levi Griffiths can only think Morrison has upset someone behind the scenes. Does seem rash to back him, then sack him within a such short period. For all the positivity and new structure in place, it does feel like City are a few moves away from imploding and doing a derby. Diff MJ, if a board allows a manager to have free reign to shape a squad in their image and philosophy, then sack them after 10 games. Why would other young promising managers feel they stand a chance to build something here? John Walsh wasn't Mark Hudson, David Wagner's assistant at Huddersfield. This could be what's going on in the background. Gareth Dunning, did we get the USB with the PowerPoint before we left? But in all seriousness, crazy decision. Uh, Juan Agus says fuming. Nathan, we have clowns running a circus. Alan Griffiths, too chill or nothing. Jake uh, Moores, honestly don't know where we go from here. Made some great signings and playing better football with this crazy decision from the board. Would you really want to come here as the manager? Who's even out there and can continue this rebuild? Beginning of the end. This, Simon, oh for fuck's sake, do we have the, the nows to appoint a director of football with a long-term plan or are we destined for years of short-term chaos? Ah, well, all good for pod content. That's the spirit. All good for pod content indeed. Um, coming to the end of the emergency podcast, boys. Um... I'll leave you one question each, um, and it's the same question. Uh, ben, who do you want? Honest answer. Mark Hudson. Mark Hudson. Tom? Um, Mark A. Zulwood from Carmarthen Town. You know, he's just come out of jail. He knows how to make money out of nothing. Um, Tan will like that about him. <laughs> um no, in all seriousness, I think for a bit of continuity, probably Hudson. Um, I haven't let myself get carried away and thinking about anything more exotic, to be honest, because I, I just can't see us pulling it off. So, yeah, Hudson seems the, the sensible shout for me. All right. Well, I'll, I'll say Stephen Schumacher just to be different. Um... Or you could have Chopra's approach and say Dave Jones should be back. Well, I mean, would that be so bad? That was a random one. Oh, come on. There's a reason he hasn't managed since Sheffield. Well, no, he's at Hartlepool, wasn't he, for a short period of time? And that yeah, was he was at Hartlepool. Um, he was also there's also a great video of him when Charlton were having lots of trouble with their owners. Um, I can't remember what was happening, but there was a great video where um, the fans stormed the boardroom to confront this like dodgy owner, and Dave Jones was just in the room with them. <laughs> I can't remember like the full context, but Dave Jones was just there. It was like, uh oh, that doesn't seem good. Um. Anyway, um, I think we've we've rattled through it. This has been a great emergency podcast. I think one of the best. Um, Ben, my favourite part um was when he said swinging doors. I like that. I think we can adopt that as our phrase from going forward. I'm gonna get so <laughs> this can gonna pop up on Twitter and it. Every week though, Ben, you you know kebabs with barbecue sauce, Mark Harris, and now swinging doors. I respect your commitment to doing a bit every week. <laughs> to be fair, this isn't a bit. I, I, I did go, yeah, definitely, as soon as he said it. So I, 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 I'll, I'll take the brunt of that. I think that's worse that I didn't call him out. It made, a, it, it made sense, but it was completely wrong at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed we it. all make mistakes. This is, I'm rattled. There's a lot going on. I'm in a different country. It's just a lot going on. There's a lot of just senses being overloaded right now. It's all right, Ben. We'll let you get to bed. Um, you've been up since 4 a.m. Um, uh, let you go off and enjoy Lisbon tomorrow. Um, thanks for listening to The View from the Ninian. If you like what we do, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, we do this for the love, not the money, but we do like money. So if you want to give a con contribution to running the pod, uh, go to kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. It's all VFT Ninian, basically. Um, we're on Facebook as well, but I don't think we ever update that fucking page. So all good. Um, it's the international break, Ben. What are you doing in Lisbon tomorrow? 
Uh, we're going for food somewhere and just a bit of exploring. Went to watch Benfica this evening. That was class. Um, yeah, just chill them. A bit of t- touristy stuff. Very nice. Tom, Barcelona, what's that got in store for you tomorrow? I'm I'm working. I've got some lovely mm. workshops with colleagues, but I'll be flying out from Barcelona to Brussels on Thursday ready for the Wales game. Very nice indeed. Um, and Mr. Bank Holiday here tomorrow, so we'll be at home watching the funeral of Cardiff City. Anyway, thanks for joining me as usual this week, boys. Uh, we'll be back sometime during the international break or if we appoint a manager. Bye-bye. <laughs> They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and